Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard, and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus' name. If you are looking for more of the Word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be blessed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day, Lord. Lord, we thank you for another opportunity to come before your throne of grace as a family and to learn just that much more about you, Father. Lord, I ask that you would sit me, J.R., the man down, and that you, O sovereign Lord, would rise up big inside of me, proclaiming your word of truth, putting your words upon my lips. Father God, speak to our souls and our hearts right now, Lord, for you know exactly what it is that we need and are in need of. It's these things we thank you for. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, everybody. It is another Friday night which means another Bible study, which is wonderful. So for a Bible study tonight, I do have a special topic in mind that I want to talk to you guys about. And the good Lord himself went ahead and dropped it in my spirit. Um, honestly, during Bible study last week, after we wrapped up, I went ahead and, you know, just was listening to you guys as, as we normally do when the floor is open and, It was something that was said that truly blessed my soul. And so with that, for Bible study this week, we will be talking about running to the right source. Now, yes, I did say the right source because there is a wrong source that we and a lot of situations usually end up running to. And it is not something that, you know, typically ends well for you and for me. Now, what I mean by running to the right source is exactly that. When we have an issue, when we have a problem, when we're out of sorts, when we don't know what to do, when we feel angry, anxious, sluggish, tired, whatever part of the spectrum of human emotions that we're dealing with at the time, in some cases we run to the wrong thing. And in a lot of cases we end up running to the thing that's been hurting us instead of running to God. So our tagline, something that I want you to keep in mind for tonight, it's simply this. Stop running to the thing that hurt you and run to the one who saved you. And I mean exactly that. If you're stressed out, tired, overworked, whatever it may be, whatever, again, part of that spectrum of human emotion that you're dealing with, that you're going through, I promise the answer is not in the the bottom of the bottle. If you may be dealing with recovering from drinking, it may not be in in that that cigarette or whatever other drug you you may have been friendly with at some point in your life. It's definitely not on the Internet, on the wrong website. It's not inside of another person. It's not at a bar. It's not in a random hookup. It's it's nowhere to be found on this planet. When you're going through something, when you're dealing with an issue, yeah, that relief that you're looking for, the ability to just take a moment and exhale, to just let it out, yeah, you're only going to find that in God. It's definitely not in the person who's broken your heart 1,500 times. It's not at the, the end of that bottle who you've been way too friendly with, more than you'd like to admit. It's not again on the internet. It's not in another person. It's nowhere to be found. It's nothing 
that we personally have the ability or the strength, we'll say, to resolve for ourselves. It, it, it's just, it's not humanly possible. But see, with God, all things are possible. So with that, now that we have a little brief introduction about what we'll be talking about tonight, let me go ahead and share some scripture with you. So tonight, in terms of our first scripture, we will be taking a look and give me just one second. We will be taking a look at James chapter five, verses 13 through 16. We'll also be taking a look at Psalms 30, verse five and Psalms 147, verse three. So the Bible says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other <clears throat> so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. And for all my King James people, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Continuing in Psalms 30, the Bible says, For his anger lasts only for a moment, or only a moment, but his favor last a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. And lastly, in Psalms 147, verse 3, it says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, healing their pain and comforting their sorrow. So with that, my brothers and sisters, we start off with something wonderful here. First and foremost, we take a wonderful look at our tagline here, right? Let's stop running to that wrong source or to the thing that has hurt us or abused us. And instead, let's run to the one who saved us. Now, the last time I checked, any of us here, whether it's your first or you've been here before, and you've heard about that wonderful name, Jesus, you know good and well that it is him and him alone who has saved you from literally everything. The good Lord who got you delivered in the first place, and by deliverance we mean got you saved so that your eternal destination would not be a fiery one, but would be in a place where he is always according to his own promise. So that was the first step. The second thing that we see or that you may have heard before if you've been in a church is that once you get saved, salvation or sanctification, as we are now in, is a lifelong journey. Sanctification simply means that we go through a process of growth, just like as a baby evolves into a child and then that child grows up into adolescence and then adolescence into a teenager and teenage to young adult and, you know, so on and so forth. We go throughout a wonderful journey in life that at times, let's just be honest with one another, it, it's kind of gross. You know, we hurt ourselves a lot. But as the Bible told us in James chapter five, if any of us are suffering hardships, we should pray. If we're happy, we should sing praises to God because, believe it or not, Jesus told us that the joy that we have is a gift from him. And it's one that this world cannot give. So it certainly cannot take away. Remember the difference, <clears throat> if you've been with me before, between your emotions and the actual godly thing. 
Your emotions are telling you to do something quickly. It wants you to jump at it because you're in that moment. And as a person who did not have a, a middle ground or a neutral game till uh, quite recently, <laughs> you know, but let me tell on me and glorify God. We, we jump a lot, but the godly thing to do or the wisdom of God when he when he's speaking to your life and you're actively listening, he says, just wait a moment. Take a step back. Let me into the situation and I'll lead you in the best way to go because I'm the path maker. Continuing again, it tells us to if we're sick to call for the elders, you know, let them pray over us. Because, again, when we're anointed by all that's been blessed by God, when we're just prayed over by our, our prayer warriors, those who have been in the field for a while now, and they understand the ropes of this here game called life, but more so they understand how to get a prayer through to God. It's that when they pray for us and pray over us, I, things change quite fast. And one of my favorite things, it's that it says when we ask for forgiveness, right? It says, if any of us have committed any sins, we will be forgiven. That when we confess our sins one to another, we're praying in confidence for the next person to receive their healing. My favorite part, the effectual or fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Meaning any of us who have a heart that's right for God and that's chasing after him, when we pray, those prayers go through. It may not always feel like it because we want God to answer us on our timetable. But hey, let me tell you, he answers those prayers. So with this, let's really start about stop running to the thing that hurt us and run to the one who saved us. We've already read on what to do, right? We're going through something. Let's pray about it. We're happy. We're glad. Let's sing praises. We got some issues that haven't been resolved yet. Let's call in the Calvary. That's why God gives us community. That's why you hear me talk about it so much, because we're literally here one for another. Can't tell you how important that is to just have multiple people in your corner because everybody can handle a different task. And when you need to tell multiple people about the same thing, well, guess what? You've got prayer coming in from different perspectives and more prayer, more power. I like that. We also got to see and hear that God's anger lasts only a moment, but his favor is forever in our lives or that God map. But most importantly, something I've been quoting a whole lot this last month to, to my little sister. It's that weeping may endure for the night. It may last for the nighttime, right? But joy comes in the morning. And as God had me tell her, Jesus is referred to as the morning sun. And if you want a little pun on words, God turns mourning into mourning. Meaning your sorrows, the pain you've been through, everything that you've been enduring, the stuff that makes you want to rip your hair out, call it a quits, just shut yourself off. Guess what? God has double for your trouble. I, I literally mean that he has double for your trouble. The things that you go through that feel like they've been going on for a long time, that's just the nighttime. But guess what? Because we are children of the day or of the morning, as the Bible tells us, we walk in the light, no longer in the darkness. We've been delivered from that. So even though it may feel like it's nighttime in your life, because 
the worries of this life, they can feel heavy. They can weigh you down. They can, you know, throw you off your game. We're not perfect. Only Jesus is. But Jesus is here to remind us tonight, tomorrow and forevermore that we walk in the sunshine with him because he is the sunshine. As the Clark sister song says, he brought the sunshine because that's literally him. We're we're brokenhearted a lot more than we care to admit. But like the Bible tells us, God binds up our wounds and he heals our pain and and comforts our sorrow. He's literally here for us. And it's because of that that, you know, like I said, we can't keep running back to the same old things. You get out of a relationship, stop running to a new person, stop humoring the next person. It's going to be the same old, same old because it's a wake up call. You keep going to the same, let's just say corner to try to find something or someone to help you sleep a little better at night. It doesn't. It keeps you awake longer. The endless things that we personally as people try to do are never the solution. But when we try it God's way, Philippians 4, one of my favorite blocks of scripture to quote, when we pray to God and Instead of being anxious about everything, we receive his peace and his peace surpasses (laughs) all understanding. It will have you calm in the midst of a situation where nuclear bombs are going off because that's just the kind of God that we serve. But moving forward, if we shift our attention to 2 Timothy, uh, and that is 2 Timothy verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, and then we take a look at Galatians 5, 19 through 25, we see that the Bible tells us, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lewis and your mother Eunice, and I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. In Galatians, it says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control or discipline. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let me repeat that, since we are living by the Spirit, Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And let me just repeat that last part of Galatians one more time. Since we are living by the Spirit, or let me rephrase it, since we are now living in Jesus, let us follow Jesus's lead in every part of our lives, okay? I, I really can't make it any simpler than that. 
What do you mean by this? I'm so glad you asked. Well, let's start in Timothy and we'll work our way down. Paul here is talking to Timothy and he's telling him he remembers the, the wonderful faith, how genuine and pure it was in his mom and his grandmother. If you want to make that more relatable to you, we as fellow brothers and sisters, Christians united to help save lost souls. If we don't personally, you know, know your background in terms of your family and if you're, uh, you know, uh, a second, third, fourth or so on generation Christian, that's cool. What I do know is that whoever helped lead you to Christ had enough genuine or pure, true faith in God that when they shared the word with you, they were not deterred because, hey, let me tell you, as someone who's helped lead people to Christ, it doesn't happen overnight. How do I know? Because as a person who was born in a Christian household, it took me a minute to get there myself. But when you have faith in God, that you know he'll work it out because you know he whispered it in your heart. Hey, that's going to be your family member pretty soon. You don't give up on them. I had this conversation not too long ago that we love one another through the issues because none of us are perfect. And if God loved us while we were still mortal enemies, I can surely love someone who is just going through their process to get into the family as well. It's not too hard to do. It takes a little patience, but you know, we can get there. And so with that, we continue to bless them, edify them as the Bible says, and encourage them to let them know you've got this. It's so much easier to tell a person that it's okay. And I see you and I know you can do it than it is to tear them down because it takes a whole lot of energy to hate, but it takes practically nothing to give back God's love because it was freely given to you. With that, we move our attention to Galatians, seeing that when we follow what this old hunk of junk body wants to do, we end up doing what the tagline says not to do. We run to the thing that hurt us or abused us or or has put us off on the path or has our attention for a moment, because let's be honest with one another. Sin for a moment can be enjoyable, but the ways of sin and thereof lead unto death. So, you know, let's also be honest about it. We see that when we follow the natures of this here hunk of junk again, the results were very clear. Sexual immorality. You just oh, they look so good and you go act on it and boom, now you're killing yourself from the inside out because the Bible says sexual immorality is the one sin that destroys a person from the inside out. I mean, God God makes it very simple for us. Impurity, meaning you just don't want anything to do with godliness at all. Lustful pleasures, you try to scratch those itches. Idolatry, you put any and everything before God. Sorcery or witchcraft, let's call it what it is. You just, you out there and I'm praying for you. Hostility, you angry for no reason. Why? Quarreling, you act upon the hostility. Now you're getting in the fights. Jealousy, for what? None of us are better than the next person. Some of us just live a more godly centered life. That's about it. But we're still not perfect. Um, Outburst of anger. 
right back at it. Selfish ambition. You only think about you, what benefits you. You don't care about another person. I don't care what you say. Actions speak louder than words. Jesus's words, not mine. Dissension, division, and envy, all in the same boat. You just don't like peace. You want problems only. I, I wish you the best of luck with that. Drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. I mean, it's self-explanatory. Like the, the author said, let me just tell you again, as you know, he already mentioned that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Oh, but I'm saved and I'm still guilty of some of these things. Well, baby, we're not perfect, but hey, you've got the word right in front of you. It's a mirror. You see it's some dirt on your cheek. Why don't you just wipe it off? Like the Bible says, you know, would you put old wine in a new wineskin? Absolutely not, because it's going to ruin it or to make it better. Would you as dirty as you are because you've been outside all day running, you've been sweating in the good Texas heat or wherever you're from and you smell the kingdom come. Would you go put on fresh clothes? Why? You're going to ruin them. They're going to stink just like you. Or would it be more sensical to go take a shower? In this case, for us spiritually, would it make more sense to just, hey, God, I, uh, I see according to your word, I've been lacking and I would like to stop lacking. Please help me to get my act together and to do better. It doesn't have to be in every area at once, but help me start somewhere, God. Let me take the iota or the baby step and let me get this train rolling so I can start living a God-centered life. Remember, it's not about the thing that hurts you. It's not about the people who have hurt you. As I've been saying for a little while now to several people, we are not the culmination of our past. You are not your sins. You are not your mistakes. The devil would love for you to think that because that's literally all he has. He is a very crab in the bucket centered person. His only desire is to try to make you feel as bad as he is because he's a moronic idiot who sold himself out. The the guy was created as the, the leader of of heaven's choir he was the choir director the bible said that when he moved it made music it was glorious but he got a big head and became a pompous idiot and decided that he wanted to be exalted higher than god and what happened he got his butt whipped and everybody who sided with him had the same thing happen and as i helped my little sister come to understand this past weekend and I loved when I saw the light bulb click for her that Satan has a, a choker chain on like the little hurt dog that he is. Because guess what? Before he can even mess with you, he has to get permission from God to do so. And, you know, the wonderful thing about him getting permission from God to try to throw some sticks in your path, it's that no weapon formed against you can prosper. So he's asking God to set him up for failure. Because that's all he is, a failure. So when these things that seem like they're trying to pull you off of track, like it's trying to lead you back down the same path to the same things, the same places, the same mindset, the same old habits that have hurt you, have abused you, make you feel insane at times. Let me tell you about it. It's okay. You're not crazy. The devil just doesn't have any new plays in his playbook because he's a loser. Let me tell you how it really is. 
I want you to really, really, really walk away with this Bible study lesson tonight with something wonderful when you pray tonight. The enemy lost before the fight ever began, and God had already won before there was anything in existence to begin with. So you're good to go. God has you. Remember that when the Holy Spirit is the one leading your path, his spirit produces this kind of fruit. It's singular in your life. The characteristics of the oneness of God that he produces inside of you are his love, his joy, his peace, which surpasses all understanding. Patience, something that's mentioned, I think, about 67 times throughout the entirety of the New Testament because, baby, we need it. Kindness, <clears throat> genuine kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and discipline or self-control. God produces these things inside of us. And when we start running to the one who saved us instead of to the things that have messed us over time and time again, well, God has something special for you. But we're not going to tarry here. Matter of fact, let me help you out. If we turn our attention <clears throat> to Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, and Colossians 3, verses 1 through 5, we see. Something very peculiar here. What does the Bible say? <clears throat> it says, don't let anyone, I mean no one, capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. And moving forward, it says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Stop worrying about the planet. It's gross and it's dying. Where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life or your identity, I believe as the Amplified or the ESV version of the Bible says, is wrapped up inside of Jesus. Your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with what? Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. The things that we already read in Galatians, what happens when we start running to the old things. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is what? An idolater worshiping the things of this world. You know what I love so much about the Bible, brothers and sisters? It's the simple fact that when certain things are repeated, we really need to pay attention because God is not a God of gray areas. He's a God that warns you and then shows you immediately how to avoid it, how to run from it, and most importantly, how to do the godly thing, right? You're going through stuff, remember? You're dealing with all these different things. Don't let anyone capture you with these empty sounding philosophies and the high sounding nonsense that come from stuff that people with about a half a brain cell come up with, you know, and these self-help books are 
these spiritual doctrines and these other religions and all of that other nonsense just let let them let them be you know offer them the word don't be rude to them if they don't want it then dust your feet like the bible says we can do things in a peaceful way but let it be because as the bible clearly says if it ain't from jesus then it ain't it and like god himself said if you're not for me you're against me he made it very simple for in jesus guess what lives all the fullness of god in a human body because while he was 100 percent you and me a person he was also 100 percent god so the example he left for you and for me is that it is 100 percent possible to live a life where god is leading you <clears throat> he is literally taking the wheel and he is driving it I'm talking about expert NASCAR F1 formula series driving. God is going to get you through those situations. It's easier said than done at times. We react more than we want to, but we can respond. And how do you respond? You let Jesus take the wheel. It's easier said than done. But hey, put you on autopilot and let God do it. Because when we do a thing, as my brother Broderick will tell you, as my little sister Gigi will tell you, as granny will tell you, as my aunt Paula will tell you, as brother Davis here will tell you, when you do a thing, you hit that wall behind me head first as hard as you can. And guess what? You don't even make a dent in it. It dents you. But when you try things God's way, there's a door that opens up. And as the Bible says, when God opens a door, no man or nothing can close it. And when he closes a door in your life, please just give me an amen where you are. Nobody and nothing can reopen that door in your life. Not even you, as bad as you may want to sometimes. Because when God says it is finished, well, <laughs> you saw how the resurrection went on Calvary. It's done. We'll just leave it at that. Let God. Let him truly be the center of your life. Let's stop worrying about the things that we could purchase, like these phones and tablets and whatever, because I guarantee you they're not important. I got to get a new phone every other year because they're pieces of junk now. You know, computers, they don't they don't last. Everything is just terrible to a degree. But like the Bible says, the things in heaven that God has stored up for us, they're eternal. They don't rot. They don't decay. The worms cannot get to them. They're just there. But the best part is we don't have to wait to get to heaven to be blessed today because God opens up his window, as we've heard the preacher say before. And there is an outpouring in your life for you to be blessed and enjoy the life that he's giving you today because Jesus came to give you life and life more abundantly. He didn't come here to give you problems. He came here to take your problems because we are not equipped to deal with them in the first place. And with that, you know, we can go ahead and turn our attention to the next set of scriptures and then I'm going to get you out of here. We take a look <clears throat> at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7 in Hebrews uh, 13, I believe, because I seem to have messed that up. Verses eight through nine, and I will fact check that for you later. But the Bible says that love is patient and kind. I talked about this not too long ago. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. 
It's, it is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not provoked nor overly sensitive and easily angered. It does not take into account a wrong endured. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love bears all things regardless of what comes or what happens believes all things looking for the best in each one or the best in every situation it hopes all things remaining steadfast during difficult times enduring all things without weakening and then we see in hebrews it says jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever so oh here it is again don't be attracted by strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules about food, which don't help those who follow them. <laughs> I love the Bible so much. Check it out. Love is a very peculiar word, right? We see that love has a lot of characteristics to it. It's patient. It's kind. It's not jealous or boastful or proud. It's not rude. It's not selfish. It's not easily provoked. It's not overly sensitive. It's it doesn't remember all the times you did it wrong. It doesn't rejoice when the wrong thing happens, but it's happy when the truth comes out. It it it's steadfast. It stands the test of time with you, as the Bible says. It it it's ready to just hear you out when you're ready to speak up. It always has some hope reserved for you. It's it endures all things, meaning it will be there, unwavering, without weakening, as the Bible says. Well, you may ask yourself, well, am I capable of giving that kind of love? The answer is yes, 100%. Why? Because it's not you that the love is dependent upon. It's about the one who's inside of you that blessed you with that love in the first place. Any one of us here could speak up because you know what I'm about to say. <clears throat> and it's this. By man's standard, as the good Lord said, it is impossible. And they were talking about getting to heaven, but we're talking about real love here. But through God, all things are possible. Does that mean that our love that we give to one another always meets the criteria of what God's perfect agape says? No. But because it's his perfect agape love that is the center for every relationship, I pray that we have in our lives. And if it's not the center of that relationship, well, just go ahead and clock out because <clears throat> it's going to end. I just want to be honest with you. But in these God love centered relationships, guess what happens? We can communicate with one another. I can say, hey, you know, I appreciate all the things you do. I'm not complaining. I just want to bring it to your attention that, you know, in this area, I feel there's a lack. Because when you tell somebody what you feel is missing, according to the word, that's not you scrutinizing them. That is what we call, and bear with me here, constructive criticism. It's not me criticizing you to tear you down. It's me letting you know, according to the word and what I've seen from my angle to help build you up. Because again, the Bible says to edify one another in the love of Christ Jesus, our Lord. What does edify mean? It means to build each other up. If I spend all my time and energy building you up, well, guess what? You're going to be golden. 
Because if I'm doing what the Bible tells me to do, I build you up. I let you know where you're wrong, but in a loving way, not to hurt you, but to help you see, hey, maybe I was in the wrong so that we can improve together and as individuals. When we do that, guess what happens? The family grows, you grow. We can better be there for one another. And more importantly, we can be better representatives for our God, because as the the student here, as the disciple, as the reflection of who God is supposed to be, we should be emulating our master. We're not perfect. We're not going to get it right. I'm not telling you you will. And I, I never say that because I'd be lying to you. But what I am telling you is, is that because we have community, because we have people that truly love us the way that God loves us. Maybe not as much because only God can do that. But because we're blessed to have that, we can see and know when another brother or sister isn't themselves. We can let them know out of love to help build them up. That wonderful woman who's sitting in a room not too far from me has done that for me my whole life. And I thank God so much for her because I would not be a, a fraction of the man I am today without God having her in my life with my brothers. Friends that have been like family, that are family, you know, not like that you can ask any one of them. I hate when they refer to us as friends because I'll beat you up at this point. We're family. But God has us in each other's lives to help check one another, to help be there for one another, to help us get through all the hardships together. Because as the Bible says, what's better than one but two? <clears throat> and a triple braided knot cannot easily be undone because it's woven in such a way to where only the good Lord himself could remove it. But he's not going to do it because he ordained it from the beginning. And to end it off here, and guess what? If we run to the one who saved us, unlike the stuff that got us messed up in the first place, Jesus, your savior, is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. As Revelation says that he is the God of yesterday, he is the God of today, and he is the God that is yet to come, meaning he still has stuff to reveal to you. That's a beautiful God if I've ever heard of one, right? <clears throat> so let's not be attracted or drawn away by strange new things because it's all baloney in the first place. Our strength comes from God, not from rules about these different idiosyncrasies that people would love to have you brainwashed into. It's not it. But let me go ahead and get you on out of here with our final block of scripture. And, I, and I'll take you here. So if we turn our attention to Proverbs 26, 11, and 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 6 through 11. The Bible says, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. And then in Thessalonians, it says, so be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed, or be sober-minded and vigilant. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed protected by the armor of faith and love and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation for god chose to save us through our lord jesus christ not to pour out his anger on us christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns 
we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. This last chunk of scripture is very self-explanatory. So let me just break it down to you very briefly. It's simply this, my brothers and sisters. The textbook definition of insanity is trying the exact same thing, but expecting a different result. Like the Bible just told us, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness, meaning that it is very foolish of us to keep running to the same old things that have hurt us, have beat us down, have made us feel like absolute dog poop in this situation. It is insane to think that those things would ever help us feel better or to change because it's just not. And as people who belong to God, let me just help you out here. We make a lot of mistakes. We do. But God is so good that he helps us through these mistakes of ours because that's just the kind of father he is. Yes, he is a just God. Yes, he is a God of of wrath and punishment and anger and jealousy and all of the above. But above all of that, if it's one thing I've learned about the good Lord in my soon to be 27 years, it's simply this. If you just take the 1% effort and put it toward walking down the godly path, guess what will happen? God will bless you. He will keep you and he will uphold you just like he promised he would. So let's stick to it. Let's be on guard. Let's really walk in the light like the Bible told us to do, like it tells us to do. And most important of all, let's encourage each other and build each other up like we've been doing. If you know a brother or a sister is struggling in a department and they confide in you, you don't have to beat them down. Just remind them that, hey, I I, I get it. I'm human, too. And if y'all have had similar issues, then If God has brought you through it, then share the testimony, remind them, because as I told my my little sister not too long ago, it's simply this Satan's ultimate end goal, aside from trying to kill you or destroy you, which he can't do when you belong to Christ because that power is out of his hand. It's that his goal is to get you to stop praying or to feel that prayer is ineffective. Well, that's a lie straight from the pits of hell because prayer works. It never stops working and it will continue to work as long as Jesus's blood was red. And guess what? The last time I checked, it's red and his body is the lamb slain eternally in the throne room of God as a constant reminder that when you need grace and mercy, you can get just that grace and mercy. So let's stop being insane. Let's stop running to the stuff, the people, the places, the ideas, the ideology and all the other mess that has hurt us. And let's run to the one who saved us. Let's actually put our faith where our mouth is instead of your money, because we walk by faith and not by sight. And if you really do trust the Lord, Well, then trust his timing above all else. It's not comfortable when you're dealing with stuff, but I guarantee you, you'll grow and you'll look back and laugh at the situation like we normally tend to do. So, Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer just saying thank you, Lord. Lord God, we thank you that we don't have to stay insane. Insanity, as we discussed, is doing the same old thing, expecting a different result. Now, of course, the naysayer would say, well, you keep praying. Isn't that the same old thing? But see, the beautiful thing about prayer is that it changes the believer. So by praying, 
we follow scripture. We renew our minds daily. And when we renew our minds, we renew our perception. And when the perception is renewed, guess what? We can now trust you in different areas of our life because you've helped us in our disbelief. And that's what it boils down to. So, Father God, just help us in our disbelief, thinking that if we would stop running to the old thing, that we would get hurt even worse. But the truth of the matter is, if we would just let it be and run to you, then we would be better than we could ever hope, think or imagine. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for all that you've done, that you do and that you're going to do. And that we ask that if anybody who isn't saved just yet would be placed in a peculiar situation to get to know you, oh, fabulous God, in the way that we do now. It's these things we thank you for, Lord. In Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, family, I pray the lesson has blessed you in some way, shape, form or fashion today. Each week we hold Bible study on Zoom and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you. If something was said that resonated with you and you aren't a part of the family, I would like to open the invitation to join. I pray that the Lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing, and be blessed.